Good afternoon and good evening to all of you, wherever you are in this world. You're listening to Clef Signs. This is Captain Keith. And today's new episode is on a limited series I discovered off of the All Black Network called The Mysterious Death of Eze. It's like I said, it's a mini series. So here's the synopsis of it, the official synopsis. Rap legend Easy es daughter Evie teams up with her mother, Tracy, and hip-hop journalist slash investigative journalist Jasmine Simpkins to track down eyewitnesses to Easy es last days, uncover never-before-seen footage, and test long-held theories around his untimely death. So that's, you know, a, you know the, a great description of the miniseries. Now, getting into it. So this miniseries stars E.B. Wright, Easy E's daughter, Jasmine Simpkins, and Tracy Jernigan, E.B.'s mom, one of the mothers of his children. So, so now uh, the first episode opens up at Rose Hills Cemetery in Whittier, California. Uh, basically, we find out that Easy E's headstone had the wrong uh, year of his birth, it said 1963 instead of 1964. So he was born, I believe, September 7th, 1964, but it says September 7th, 1963. So for, for years, uh, E.B. and her siblings were not happy uh, with that mistake printed on his headstone. So this episode opens up uh, on Easy's birthday at the cemetery where they're going to unveil a new headstone that E.B.'s older sister, uh, Erica, basically uh, got done on the low. She just took it upon herself to pay for it and, and just get it done. And when they unveil it, it looks amazing. You know, it's a nice, large headstone with Easy's pictures on it. You know, he's showing that he was in NWA and he was this rap legend because he, he he was and is a rap icon and legend. Definitely. You know, he's, he's definitely a godfather of, of gangster rap. He's one of them. Most definitely, but so is Ice T. So it's, and here's the thing though, even at the funeral, you can see that uh, <laughs> there's family drama because you know Eb, uh, you know, gives Erica a big hug. They're close, tells her how proud she is. But when it's time for for Eb to speak after Erica announces, you know, the new headstone and shows it to everybody, she says that you know, you know, for years the father had the wrong year on it. And we don't know why. And then their brother, Little E, who's there, says it was a mistake. And then Mama says it was a mistake. And when he says Mama, he's talking about his, uh, their grandmother, Mrs. Wright, who's there. And you can see that E.B. wasn't trying to hear that. And I'm just like, right now, she's kind of making it about herself. When she says all that, there's no need to even go there. You know, what's done is done. You know, celebrate what your sister did and she does do that but you can see that uh, little E and EB don't get along and you find out later on throughout the series that EB and her grandmother don't get along and so you know I'd like to know more about that and you know Easy E had 11 kids by different women so you know we'll you know, we'll get into that <laughs> uh, later on the podcast but I, I definitely noticed that within the first episode so, so now once that scene is over and like I said you know what Erica did uh, replacing the headstone it, it's beautiful it looks amazing definitely something for tourists to come and see and for the family to be proud of you know his grave now stands out when you go there now you're like oh this is easy ease grave 
you know. So, and, and it, it, it was real cool. And it's a very loving tribute done by Evie's sister. So, you know, and that was for the whole family and all the siblings. And when she spoke, she spoke for all the siblings, and that was cool. So, basically, after that, you know, Evie and her mom, Tracy, Tracy was there, of course. They start, you know, they start talking about how something doesn't sit right with what happened to, you know, Easy e and how he died and, you know, how could he have, you know, how did he die of full-blown AIDS and none of the mothers of his kids had AIDS and none of the kids have it. So they're just like, was there something else going on? You know, and then we find out later on that, you know, there's speculation about the death certificate. Uh, so basically, different people come forward to speak about that. Some people think it was cardiac arrest. Some people think it was uh, asphyxiation. So it's just, you know, just different th- just different theories. And EB has never seen the death certificate. But I don't want to jump ahead. So before we get to that part, there are different artists who are signed to Easy es label, Ruthless Records, besides NWA. Like, for example, you know, JJ Fad, but... There's an artist named BG Knockout who's actually there the day Easy E collapsed in the studio and had to rush to the hospital. And he states, and, and, and we find out in this miniseries that Easy E already had bronchitis. You know, he had that really bad, so he had to walk around with an inhaler. So that was news to me. I didn't know that. So uh, one might be able to mistake him having bronchitis from him coming down with full-blown AIDS from the, with the coughing and catching AIDS-related type of pneumonia um, that he was diagnosed with. So, so EB and Tracy go to interview uh, BG Knockout. And uh, when they speak with him, he was just like, he felt something was wrong. He he had a hard time thinking that Easy e died of that. Um, and he's the one who stated to them that he was told that the, dec- that the death certificate said cardiac arrest. So he was kind of confused. He wrote a lyric in his rhyme there when he saw him die uh, in the studio that he just left the rap game. He just didn't want to rap anymore. So, but he, he definitely you know, took the time out to talk to E.B. and Tracy about what he thought. And he thought that there was something else going on, but he just wasn't quite sure what it was because uh, they were working on BG's album and Easy E was supposed to come in and do a verse and he was in the hallway saying give me a second because he kept coughing and BG thought oh it's just his bronchitis but it really wasn't he was using his inhaler but that wasn't working and basically you know he, he, he passed out so you know they leave EB and Tracy leave that meeting thinking to themselves okay we need to see what's on the death certificate because we actually don't know and you know E.B. also tried to see if she could get a copy of her father's marriage certificate to Tamika, who he married in the hospital. And uh, she was told that only the husband or the wife can, you know, request that. But in regards to the death certificate, because she is his daughter and his name's on her birth certificate, she has a legal right to request that and get that. She just had to file some paperwork. So within the first episode, you know, her and her mom leave the courthouse or the city hall and they get the death certificate and they're sitting on the steps and then they video call Jasmine to tell her you know that they got the death certificate and of course Evie's nervous to look at it but when she pulls it out 
and reads it, it says that he died of pneumonia, which was age related. And there's a certain name for it, but I don't know offhand, but um, it was there. You know, it said acquired immune deficiency syndrome. Now, mind you, good people of planet Earth and known universe. In the 90s, AIDS was a huge pandemic. It's a very huge scare. A lot of people were very ignorant and fearful about uh, AIDS and dealing with people who had AIDS. A lot of people were treated like lepers unnecessarily. Um, it was a really bad time in the gay community. Uh, it was, you know, it was it was messed up, and there was such a stigma to everything. So, you know, there's a scene where you see uh, Easy E's doctor uh, have a press conference, and he talks about how he, he has AIDS, and that he made a, a point to say that he caught it through heterosexual sex, not through a homosexual sex or through a heroin needle. And I'm like, okay. And, and I guess I get that you had to make sure you said that, but I just, I don't know. It was just something else. So, but once again, like I said, you know, the show doesn't even talk, this miniseries doesn't even, it mentions that Easy has over eight kids, but they don't tell you that he's got 11. So, <laughs> from different women, which could be problematic in itself. So, or some would say that it is. But, you know, that, that is what it is. So, the series is very intriguing because when I started watching it, I didn't know what to expect. But a lot of things popped up that really, that really caught my eye. For example, Jasmine Simpkins, the investigative journalist, has a chance to speak to a woman named Paula Correa, who was the publicist for Cedar sinai Hospital when Eze got admitted. And she meets with her and she tells, you know, and Jasmine, you know, expresses the reservations about whether or not he had AIDS because people aren't really still sure about it because everything happened so fast. And Ms. Carrera said he had it. He had the pneumonia that's AIDS-related. Yes, the doctor said so. And he died very quickly. And we knew that he was famous, but we didn't realize how famous he was until after he was admitted answered that press conference because we kept getting all these phone calls and then she said there was hundreds of women calling saying uh, I have a child by him do I have it and she's like well that's not really my area of expertise and then she looked and smiled at Jasmine and said well you know it was a lot of women maybe not a hundred but lots of women who called saying they had children by him <laughs> so Jasmine leaves that meeting realizing that yeah it looks like he did you know not die of full blown AIDS even though, you know, they're saying none of, none of the mothers of his children had it and the kids didn't have it. Um, it, was, it looks that that's what he died of, you know. And she tells E.B. and Tracy that in the phone call while they're driving. And they're like, well, we need to still get more, you know, information. Jasmine said, okay, well, I understand that. She said, but at this point, I'm going to operate under that assumption and just keep moving forward to see what else I can find out. So what's interesting... What gets to be kind of messed up is that more artists pop up that Easy e um, worked with and were on his label. Uh, Lazy Bone talks to Tracy and E.B. and Lazy Bone is like, Easy e said, don't trust Jerry Heller. You know, I'm not going to be working with him anymore. So then there's the, the speculation that Jerry Heller may have had him killed. Uh, and then, you know, Kid Frost meets with Tracy and Evie and Kid Frost is like, 
you know, Easy told me, don't trust Jerry Heller. I don't like Jerry. And he could have had something to do with his death. And, you know, then there's, there's, there's talk of the conspiracy about Easy E being injected with a needle filled with, with full blown AIDS. And that's how he, that's why he died so quickly. And that, that theory gets fueled, you know, with fire um, from the infamous and slash famous Suge Knight interview on the Jimmy Kimmel show in 2003, where he jokes about, you know, you can die now, somebody can get you, inject you with a, a needle full of AIDS and you're dead, you know, Easy e style. And it just talk about a tasteless, messed up joke that was just totally inappropriate. And you could tell that Jimmy Kimmel was like, looked like a deer in the headlights because he just, he couldn't believe what the guy said. So they, EB and Tracy, they interview a crooked eye who goes by King Crooked now, who was there that night, Suge Knight uh, was on Jimmy Kimmel. And I, Crooked Eye, aka, you know, King Crooked, asked Suge Knight about that. And Suge was like, like, I don't know if it's true, but, you know, that's, you know, basically that's, that's what I've heard. Because EB and Tracy want to talk to Suge and they don't, and they don't have a chance to, they can't get to him, but they get the, the King Crooked, you know, Crooked Eye. Um, you also find out that Tracy used to be close friends with Suge Knight which I thought was interesting and that Suge Knight used to be Ruthless Records bodyguard so he used to work for Easy. and Dre started you know getting upset about the money he was making or not making and he would talk to Suge and Suge would start feeding into him you know hey you need to get out of here we can start our own business you can make all kinds of money and you know Suge took the opportunity so basically uh, looks like NWA was supposed to do a song with Guns N' Roses and the only one missing was Dre and he didn't pop up so Easy called him he's like what's going on he's like hey man I'm not happy with the contracting with the money and you know I guess Dre tells Easy meet me at the studio tonight so we can talk about it so Easy shows up to Solar Studios thinking he's gonna meet with Dre and he gets ambushed by Shook Knight and his goons you know they beat him up and make Easy E sign over the contract you know sign over Dre's rights I mean sign over Dre to Shook and of course, once all that goes down, Easy E's like, you know, Easy E's a gangster, just like Suge. <laughs> Easy E was ready to be like, you know what? He needs to die. <laughs> Apparently, Jerry Heller had to talk him down. And, and you see that scene in the Shredder Compton movie as well. Jerry's like, no, don't do it. Just don't. And he doesn't. But then they find a different way to basically blackball Suge and Dre and force uh, them to come back to Easy, and then you know they, they broke out a deal where Easy gets paid off of you know the stuff that Dre does. He gets a portion of the of, of profits off of off of him. So and apparently Shug was wasn't happy about that, and they said that he never forgave Easy E for that. But I'm just like, all that just sounded really murky and messy, very much so. So you know, just really interesting stuff. You know, the, 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 when you watch this series, and then they meet with Jasmine, I believe, meets with the the, the pastor who you know married Easy E and Tamika. And when Jasmine talks to him, she's like, "Well, was he was he you know cognizant of what he was doing? Was he coherent?" And he was like, "Yeah, he was. You know, he signed the paperwork and he knew he was getting married." 
So, I mean, and of course, you know, he got married to protect his assets. But what's problematic about that is that I mean, that was a smart move, but it would have been important also to set up trust funds for all your children, you know, outside of, you know, your wife, who's the mother of one or, or maybe two of your kids. I know she's the mother of one of your children. So because, you know, later on in this series, Evie talks about how, you know, people think that she's rich because she's easy E's daughter, but that's not the case. And she doesn't have access to a whole lot of money. And, you know, I've already read that uh, Lil E has been in a litigation with Tamika, uh, his stepmother, in regards to uh, a trademark infringement uh, for the name Ruthless Records. You know, he's, uh, so it's, he's using, uh, like, a, a Ruthless Records uh, derivative like I believe he has a NWA LLC. Oh, Ruthless Records Incorporated. That's the that's what he was operating under with one of uh, Easy E's former business partners. And apparently, uh, his stepmother Tamika Woods Wright has has litigation against them to, to cease and desist. So all that's kind of messy, and I'm pretty sure that Easy E wouldn't want that to be the legacy, you know, where his wife is fighting with one of his kids. So, but that's why, you know, you can go out and have multiple children with somebody, but take care of them. Take care, you know, make sure they're taken care of before you're gone. Because if you don't, it's nothing but chaos, you know. So, <laughs> that's definitely a situation. <laughs> we also, and when watching this series too, we found out that um, Easy East Doctor had passed, but a guy that he was, uh, um, working with um, corresponding with uh, to get you know consulting with him consulting with him in regards to to a easy's case he's, he's he's still alive and Jasmine Simpkins talks to him and finds out that there were some women who did contract AIDS from easy and he said that at least one of them was still in his care and alive of course he couldn't give the name so but you know when jasmine told evie and tracy this basically they're like well we need to get you know we need to get proof of that so you know because that can put everything on its head one of the things i want to say about this is uh you can definitely see that, you know, Eze was definitely loved by his kids, at least by the ones that you see. It's very problematic that we only see Eb, Erica, and Little E briefly at the beginning, and that's it. We don't see any other siblings. I don't know if they just disagreed with her, or or, or she's not getting along with them, or what. And I still want to know why her and her grandmother don't get along. Uh, you know. I mean, all these things happen. Family's family. Now they, you know, they did a good job of showing another side to Easy E. Like you see some of the charitable, charitable work that he did with kids, um, which I didn't know that he did. And you know, he, and of course, you know, he didn't brag about it or talk about it, but he was just doing it, like taking them to see the Black Rodeo and stuff like that, and just, you know, and talking to them. 
and let them interview him and stuff. So it, it, it was really interesting. And then you hear from uh, other artists and uh, his uh, producer, Rhythm D, I guess who came in after Dre left to help him uh, with his comeback single. And he spoke very highly of him. So a lot of people loved Eazy-E and spoke uh, very highly of him with respect to him. You know, he, this was a person who, he was definitely a doer. He was definitely disciplined in what he wanted to do. He had vision and he and he did it. He really did. So things, you know, the, the, the controversies or so did Suge Knight have Eazy-E killed? Did Jerry Heller have Eazy-E killed? You know, so there's an interview with Jerry Heller's cousin who was their manager or road manager. And he states that Jerry and Easy had a great relationship and that there was never any animosity and that Easy never said anything about, you know, don't trust Jerry Heller. But why is it the lazy bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony? You know, Easy E signed them, discovered them, put them on, and Kid Frost, you know, feel like, you know, why didn't they like Jerry Heller? Why did they have issues with him? Why are they like, no, you can't trust him? So, and of course, I mean, and one might say that, okay, well, you're Jerry's cousin. So, of course, you're probably going to say nice things about him, even if even if they may not be true. And Jerry Heller's been, he's deceased now, so we can't really talk to him. But Jerry and Jerry Heller, you know, he would, he threw shade at Shook Knight. He said, well, Shook Knight was capable of doing anything. He said, if, you know, if, if there was a syringe given to Easy e he said, I can see Shook Knight doing it. I'm paraphrasing, of course. But so... <laughs> There's all this talk. It's really interesting. Now, what I thought was interesting too was that, you know, there was no, no one from NWA surviving members were in this miniseries. I don't know if Evie and Tracy reached out to them and they declined or they didn't get a chance to. I mean, there was no talk about that, which I thought was very interesting. The the group that made him famous, Ice Cube, Dre, Yellow Boy couldn't come out and say hi or MC Ren. They couldn't give you their perspective and say it's not true or it is true. So basically, E.B. was on her own. E.B. and her mom were really on her own, their own with, with all of this. Oh, and then there's another scene where you you get to hear Easy E's last interview on a cassette tape, and it's kind of it's uh it's kind of eerie. A lot of coughing, and uh, yeah, you could tell he just wasn't doing too good. You you really can. What did I walk away from? watching this miniseries I'll say that basically it was what I already knew you know I knew that he died from this I mean there were people in the early 90s and, and, and mind you too unfortunately with Easy East death in the early part of the AIDS epidemic you know there was no prep I mean we, we didn't have medication then that sustains people the way that we do now so it was it was just a tragic timing it's just, it's just very tragic and it, it, yeah, yeah, that's that's what I can say. Tragic timing. It's tragedy, and it's it's the timing. You know, in 1995, they didn't know what to really do yet. It was all still new to people. They're still figuring things out. So, but and now it's a whole different ball game. I mean, there that is. But getting back to what did I learn? Well, I didn't know the whole thing with Shook Knight in that interview. That, that was eerie and very creepy and disturbing. 
Yeah, eh, who jokes about something like that? What's that about? Not cool at all. What else did I learn? That it's hard for people to let go, especially uh, for loved ones. Sometimes you just have to find out for yourself. I mean, it's when it comes to people that you love, it sometimes doesn't matter what people tell you or how many, how many times someone tells you the same thing until you can see it for yourself. It just sometimes, it just doesn't feel real. But I would say that the biggest tragedy is that, you know, he didn't know he had it. It just took him. And that I think he thought, you know, cause when you're young, you know, you think you're gonna live forever. I think he thought he had time with his children that he didn't have anymore to to set them up and to put them where he wanted them to be or to help assist them. Because I do think that he probably would have set up trust funds for all of his kids, but he didn't get that opportunity. It's really interesting too that his widow did not do an interview or participate in this miniseries. Because I feel like the more people to talk about him, the better. The more we get to a chance to even know him even more and to get their perspectives and, and to understand and feel why they feel the way that they do. So all that's just kind of... Uh, it's problematic in itself. But I will say that it's interesting watching Kid Frost, BG Knockout, and Lazy Bone get their perspectives on things. I mean, because they, they feel very strongly about Easy e and very strongly about the way he died, just like Evie, and very strongly about Jerry Heller. <laughs> so between Jerry Heller and Suge Knight, I mean, it's, it's a lot. And then, you know, they're wondering about, they also wonder about the federal government because, uh, you know, because of songs like F the Police. And, you know, it's all that gets thrown in the mix. It's a, it's a good miniseries to watch. Uh, I would definitely encourage you to watch it if you get a chance. So, good people on the planet Earth, known universe. Thank you for listening to Cleft Science. I hope you had a good time. I know that I did. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please hit like. Uh, favorite and a subscribe and once again it's called The Mysterious Death of Easy e and it is like four episodes and it's uh, it's yeah it's definitely worth watching it's an unscripted documentary so you 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 definitely feel for E.B. and her mom and his kids and Erica you do but definitely check it out uh, you won't be bored I'll tell you that right now So I wanted to talk some more about Eze and the fact that when he was diagnosed with full-blown AIDS in the hospital, can't imagine what he and his family was going through, uh, what they went through at all, and the shock of the shock of it all. But what's very revealing about his character is that once he realized that this was his fate, instead of retreating and being what was me you know he was brave enough to speak publicly about it and to warn people so I mean you have to realize in the 90s especially like 1995 AIDS was still a new epidemic a, you know a pandemic that you know we didn't 
people were definitely afraid that we didn't know too much about it. People were afraid that you could get it from touching somebody. Uh, no one, you know, people were very ignorant about it and the very homophobia arose. People were thinking that it's a gay disease for gay men. And that's not the case at all. They thought that, well, if you're gay, you'll get it. But if you're not, uh, you should be fine. I mean, there was all kinds of ignorance in this regard about AIDS. There, there was no prep. As I said before, early in, the, in, the, in this episode, there, there was no prep at the time. It wasn't even thought of. So, you know, in the hospitals, uh, a lot of times AIDS patients were, you know, their food was given through the door like a latch or left outside their room because people were afraid to come in there. So it's it was it was really crazy. And during that time, I mean, Easy E is this this legendary gangster rapper, one of the godfathers of gangster rap. He and his group, NWA, literally shined a light on West Coast rap. Of course, you know, IC did his part as well, but NWA really did that and they did it very well. So it was a big deal to have this rapper. I mean, and, you know, and gangster rap is very, very masculine, very cool, hyper-masculine, uber-masculine, very macho. Uh, but he came out and said, hey, this is what it is. Now, I'm going to read you uh, his public statements, uh, you know, once he realized that he had AIDS. Now, mind you, people, and it was full-blown, basically, this man knows he's going to die. And like I said, a lot of people, you know, he could have felt sorry for himself, retreated, got into the field position. He didn't do any of that. He wanted to uh, make people aware. So, and... Before I get into that, let's let's just say in the 90s, this year, 1995, when he died, the, the rap and rock uh, music industry, you know, it had taken a low profile compared to elsewhere, like an entertainment industry and the arts. Celebrities like Tom Hanks, uh, Barbara Streisand, and, and Elizabeth Taylor, you know, they were they, they had been honored for their efforts, uh, you know, on behalf of age, education, and awareness. So, I mean, that was cool. With the exception of Elton John, he has work uh, on AIDS prevention. Uh, and Queen singer Freddie Mercury's announcement that he had AIDS, uh, that was like the day before he died in 91. So, you know, so, so I mean, that was the, the gist of the entertainment side. Now, now, mind you, don't forget, Tom Hanks made that you know, legendary, incredible movie with Denzel Washington, Philadelphia, where he played you know, a man of contact today, AIDS. And, you know, and, you know, and this was just about showing how people are treated and, you know, we're all human beings. So, like I said before, for Eazy-E to come out and acknowledge that, you know, that had never been done in hip hop and it hasn't been done since. Not saying there aren't people who may have gone through that, they're just not, you know, whomever they are, they're keeping it to themselves, and that's fine. So here's the first quote from uh, his first statement uh, once realizing that he had AIDS. I'm not religious, but wrong or right, that's me. Uh, I'm not saying this because I'm looking for a soft cushion uh, wherever I'm heading. I just feel I've got thousands and thousands of young fans that have to learn about what's real when it comes to AIDS. So he's saying, hey, I'm not religious. I don't know if I'm going to heaven or hell, but I need to let you know this is real. That's, I mean, that's what I take from that statement. Now, he also indicated, of course, that he had, you know, a number of sexual partners. 
Now here's his next statement. Before Tamika, which she became his wife, before Tamika, I had other women. I have seven children by six different mothers. Maybe success was too good to me. There's two more statements. Would like to turn my own problems into something good that will reach out to all my homeboys and their kin because I want to save them before it's too late. So now, see, see now, this man is dying and he's thinking about the rest of the world and his friends and how serious this thing is. Because I'm sure he didn't realize how serious it was either. A lot of people who, who catch, you know, who caught it, didn't never get it. And then the, the last statement, I've learned in the last week that this thing is real and it doesn't discriminate. It affects everyone. That right there, I mean, that's a home run. He let you know, doesn't matter if you're a gay man. It doesn't. Doesn't matter where you're from. This disease doesn't care. So, and of course we found out later on that AIDS was contracted. Yes, it was prevalent in the gay community, but once more education came out about AIDS and how it's contracted, actually, ironically, uh, AIDS in the gay community started to go down. But yes, it, it can be contracted that way. Uh, so the use of safe sex and condoms was heavily promoted. It can also be, uh, but people were catching it from blood transfusions. And people were catching it from heroin, uh, from dirty needles, sharing dirty needles. So it was a whole different world in 1995 compared to 2022 and AIDS. But uh, props and respect to Eazy-E for having the courage and to being the only rapper and be like, hey, this is real. Don't sleep on it. Learn about it. Take care of yourselves. So I just wanted to mention that. I also wanted to say that by the time I finished watching this limited uh, series, this mini series, on the, the mysterious death of EZE. I felt like, you know, EB was, and her mom were trying to get closure uh, on her father. And I felt like, I just have a feeling like all of his children didn't really get that. I felt like his wife, who he married on his deathbed, basically, to me, because she got it. And it just seems like there's just, there was so much that was not said. As I said before, early in the podcast, that little E and his stepmom had a, litigation a lawsuit in regards to trademark infringement and it's just like she is the ceo of ruthless records and i i, I get that but i just feel like why isn't little e working with her at ruthless records why aren't his children involved in the label if they choose to be and i don't know if they've ever been offered that opportunity from their stepmom see and these are the type of things that become problems when you have multiple children with different women and, and you pick one at the last moment to marry. This is how problems happen even after you're gone. So the Bob Marley, uh, Rita Marley situation was a little bit different. When he passed, he had no will, but everything went to his wife who he had been married to for years. And basically all of Bob's children, once they got to be a certain age, started to receive their share of the estate. The amazing Miss Rita Marley did not have to do that. <laughs> but she did so she saw the importance of that and now tough gone 
record label is a label that is run by the family, run by the children. So, and I feel like you catch more flies with honey than vinegar. Had Lil E been working with you and had the other kids had a chance to be involved in Ruthless Records on some type of level, everything would be different. But if that was the case, we may not have, we may not have received this miniseries if that was the case. But it is what it is. So I did leave the miniseries wondering about that. Like, you know, and like I said, between his widow not being involved and we only see three out of his 11 kids in this miniseries and we don't get a chance to talk. Uh, we don't hear from the Easy es uh, mother who's surviving. She's still alive. She was at the, the new headstone. You know, she was there. And like I said, when E.B. says that she doesn't get along with her grandmother, but she'll have she'll ask Erica to talk to her. That was problematic in itself. And I, you know, I wish she would have went into more detail about that. So there are some things about the miniseries. I mean, what was given was great, but there was still more that was not said. Like what's going on with the rest of your siblings? You know, what's going on with your grandma? You know, what's going on with you and your stepmom? All of that. I mean, there's should have been more of that, but it was still worth watching, definitely. But it did leave me with some more questions. Perhaps she'll do a sequel. Who knows? But I just wanted to mention that to you. Once again, thanks for listening. See you somewhere out in space.